I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Joining me this week, very excited to have Aaron Sorensen, Deputy Editor at Hale Varsity. Aaron, hello, how are you? Good. I keep forgetting that I'm being like, I'm on camera. Like I, I have now forgotten that multiple times to the point where you're like introducing it and I'm turned completely to the side, like just not even paying attention, paying attention, like, just not to this. <laughs> I feel like that was just your way of like kind of showing, except not fully showing that the thing behind you is the thing that I told Jacob a couple weeks ago that I wanted and I needed him to get it for me. Yeah, it's, um, it is a briefcase that is sitting behind me, I, and I know you really want it. I do think it's going to live at the Varsity Hill Varsity Club in Omaha for a little while, uh, but then you're going to have to uh, fight Garrett Nelson for it because he also wants it. <laughs> um, that would end very poorly. For Garrett Nelson. No. Um, for Garrett. So the, brief, the briefcase is why you're here. Um, the only reason because, the brief, because I just want to I'm, I'm going to bully you into giving me the briefcase, but also for what the briefcase represents. You wrote a can I say kick ass on the podcast? I'm going to say a yeah. kick ass feature for the uh, 2022 Nebraska football yearbook on Garrett Nelson. He is holding that briefcase that you are now holding in front of the camera for people that are just listening to this on uh, in, in podcast form and not watching the video. It is a black shirts briefcase. It's pretty cool. Um, so I want to ask you like, what, like, why, what, what, what's the deal with the briefcase? Where did that come from? Um, I want to ask you about this Garrett Nelson story before we do that. I do want to take a second and just like talk about the yearbook, but you would know more about the specifics than I would. So just tell people who are listening where they need to go to get the yearbook or where they need to go online to make sure that they get the yearbook in the future, because the deadline has already passed to make sure that you are subscribed to get it in your mailbox. Yes. So, so, so fill everybody in on how they can get this and how they can make sure they don't miss it in the future. Well, if you are local to Omaha and by local, I mean, if you live in Lincoln um, areas within driving distance of Omaha, you should just go ahead and plan on joining us on Thursday, June 23rd. So 
not too far out from when you're listening to this, but you should still plan on it because we're going to have a yearbook release party at the Hill Varsity Club in La Vista. We will have copies of the yearbook there where you can become a subscriber, leave with not only your yearbook, but that ever popular 12 month calendar that everyone gets so excited about every year. Um, but the, the yearbook will be there. You can see it. You can take it home that day. Um, that's that's one way. Uh, we will also have it online for purchase, and you can obviously ship it to yourself wherever you might live in this country. Uh, so don't worry if you are not Nebraska-based. You'll be able to get a hold of the yearbook. It will be, like I said, once it's out, it's it hasn't officially started shipping, and um, it, it is in the final printing processes. So once it officially is in hand, we will have it on the website for you to order and ship to wherever you may be. Um, some people even ship internationally. So there you go. Um, but then we may, and we've done this in the past, uh, do a secondary run for those who are interested in becoming subscribers to get a yearbook. I don't have information on that yet, but if you're somebody who's like, I'd like to become a subscriber, I'm not able to get to the uh, yearbook release party at the Varsity Club. Totally okay. Uh, just keep an eye out on our social media. And when, when we know more, we'll obviously share there. So there'll be a few different ways that you can guarantee getting a copy. They'll be out and about. We'll obviously post on social if there's other like, other places that you can pick them up at. So just keep an eye there. Go follow Hale Varsity on everything and we'll, we'll keep you in the loop. Angie's list is now Angie and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you're looking to subscribe and you want to do so online, go to hillvarsity.com backslash subscribe. Use the promo code varsity. Before we continue, I want to take a second and thank the sponsor. FSC Edge. I ask questions for a living. The best Q&A sessions that I've ever been in have been ones where I felt like the person on the other side of the tape recorder was invested in me just as much as I was invested in them. Talk to folks who've worked with FSC Edge, who have gone to the offices, who have met with, and they will all tell you the same thing. You'll get the same kind of treatment. FSC Edge integrates AI technologies, case management tools, and augmented operators to optimally process patent documents quickly and accurately. They work with some of the largest patent offices around the world to manage thousands of patent applications and granted patents. We're talking about a place that deals on a massive scale, protecting inventors and advancing innovation, but does so in a way that makes every client who walks in the door feel important and heard. FSC Edge is always looking for new members to come on board and join their team. You'll be doing impactful work and learning about patents in a welcoming, easygoing environment. Check out available jobs today by going to jobs at fsc.com. Okay, Aaron, let's talk about this yearbook feature that let's you talk. wrote. Um, a couple of things that stood out to me when I was reading it through. So you open with a 
um, section from the Velveteen Rabbit. Why? Yes. Um, so that's all a surprise for people. We haven't really said a whole lot yet. So um, if you, I, I dive into it a little bit more in the letter, which was exciting. This is the first time I've ever gotten to write a letter for any issue of Hale Varsity. So have the letter for a yearbook. I was like, honestly, more stressed out about that than I was writing the feature. Um, but long story short, when we were taking the photos for this yearbook, so we met with Garrett at the Bay in Lincoln, which is a really cool spot. It has a skateboard, uh, skateboard ramps, everything. It's just a really cool space. Um, but they had this back room that had a letter board on it. And I had sent a message to Brandon uh, Vogel, our managing editor, and Quentin, who is our design director, just asking, like, what should we put on this board? And we all kind of knew the answer. It was ultimately Garrett's to decide. And when he walked in, pitched him, like, hey, what what do you think for this? He was like, page 48. And kind of looked at him. He's like, from the Velveteen Rabbit. And this is a story that means a lot to him because it was actually shared with him by defensive coordinator Eric Schnander. And Schnander had just read that story with his daughters. And so it was it was something that as he was reading this story with his own kids, he he kind of realized like the parallels of the story about being genuine um, just, you know, he saw these parallels of the story itself really fitting with what he was asking of his players. And Garrett, who had been really struggling at that point in his very short career at Nebraska, this conversation happened, this meeting happened his freshman year. Um, and he didn't even know what his freshman season was going to look like at that point, but it didn't pan out the way he wanted. But he kept clinging to these words of you become, um, you know, it doesn't all, it doesn't happen all at once. He kept clinging to these ideas that like, you become in time. And so you can't expect that to happen overnight. You have to keep working. And that was just kind of a really neat uh, thing to hear that this was a story that was shared with him by his defensive coordinator and something that years later he is still holding on to. And he feels like were words that were intended just for him in that moment. So I will say when I went to go write the story, that wasn't originally a part of it. It was kind of one of those things where you, are in a moment and you hear it and you're like, that has to be included because it's a part of who Garrett is and it's a part of his story. And I will be really eager for uh, Shenander to read this story and to see the impact. Cause I wonder to myself, does, does Shenander realize what that impact had on Garrett in the long run? So long story short, it gives you a really like, it kind of kicks off. I think what you're going to experience from Garrett in the story, which is he's everything. I think people, imagine him to be but he's even more than that he is he is not just the hair on fire kind of guy he's very introspective he's very aware of himself uh he's very he's always in his head he's always thinking about how he can be a better player a better teammate a better friend a better son like he's always thinking and I think for me it might surprise people to learn some of the things that you're going to learn about him in this story, but not in a bad way. I just think you're going to get a more, you're going to get a deeper understanding, understanding of the complexities of Garrett Nelson. This was one of those things where, I, as I was reading through it, um, I'm seeing quotes from him and you're kind of painting stuff in, in certain ways. And I'm thinking like, this is everything that I immediately loved about Garrett Nelson. And it has like continued throughout his career and only kind of 
blossomed throughout his career um, as he's gotten better. And, and there's a point where you talk about just straight progression for him. He's gotten better every year. He's improved numbers every year. Um, he was top 10, I believe, last year in the Big Ten in, in tackles for loss. Um, a significant force in the backfield now um, and should should continue to get better. And I was thinking about um, – I was reading some of the quotes where he's just talking about, you know, what he did as a freshman wasn't good enough. He wants to continue to grow. And I thought about – I think it was Kirk Goldsberry, who's an NBA writer that I love. He said – a very like obvious thing, but I had never thought about it before. He, was, he talked about how like development and progression with athletes, be it at the professional level or the collegiate level is never linear. Like we expect guys don't like start. Okay. Get better the next year, get better the next year and then better and better. Mm-hmm. And um, to hear, you know, well, I guess to read one of the, one of the stories in this that you break down, I'm not going to give it all away, but one of the stories in this that you break down is him um, texting with his mom about wanting to be a division one athlete. And when that text occurred and that kind of like light bulb happened, it was later than I thought it would be. I would have expected it to be a little bit earlier for Garrett, just in mm-hmm. terms of how much passion he plays football with. Um, if you would like to reveal when that text happened, you it's it's your story to share how much of this little anecdote you want to share. But I do want to ask you, did the the time component of that, like it it caught me off guard. I expected it to be earlier. Did you have the same reaction when you when you heard this? Yes and no. So, OK, not to, like for anyone who's kind of curious about how this story is structured, I'll give a little this. There's a little backstory to this that will provide some insight into this. Um, okay, because I wanted fall, to ask about this too, because it's very yeah. unique structure for a story that I've never <laughs> seen before. Now, Jacob Padilla joked that um, I did the structure entirely just so I could say Taylor's version at one point. I was going to ask you the same question. <laughs> you did this on purpose so you could have Taylor's version, and it's the very um, first one. <laughs> to be clear, uh, that was Brandon idea when I was trying to figure out how to uh, structure this. So trying to figure out how to get a Taylor Swift reference in. That's what you were trying to figure out how to do. The entire point. And I've been, I've been found out. No. So last fall, uh, it was Nick Henrich was telling a story about Garrett and he was telling a story about their first night at Nebraska and just kind of like what that experience was like and how he learned a lot about Garrett. And then that story has come up a couple of times since because he's used it. Nick has used it as a way to kind of show who Garrett is as a person and kind of like, well, look at this first night that we had at Nebraska. And like, this is just really exactly like it just really like sums him up and so I had asked Garrett about that story and he didn't even remember it at first he was like what like the first night at Nebraska like what was what was like for him it didn't register as something not like not in a negative way it wasn't like he was going why would Nick tell that story it was more like oh like our first that that story like is what registers with Nick is like this like summation of me and so I kind of started to think like how many other stories are like that where people have these stories of Garrett and when you ask him he either tells them differently or he has a different perspective on them or he sees himself differently within these stories that other people tell about him so it kind of became like the working title of it for the longest time was the tall tales of Garrett Nelson. Cause I didn't know what else to call it. Um, but it was a little bit of this idea that like he, he 
he is these stories, but at the same time, he's more than them. There's, there's more to it than just what is told about him or what he tells. Because with that said, if you only asked him to tell you the story, you'd probably also miss some of those details within it as well that other people have absorbed about him. So that story that his mom told about when she kind of realized the trajectory of his life, it came at the end of middle school. It came his eighth grade year. And she's like desperate to just get him to pay attention in school. She's like, please just pay attention in class. But she also never wanted to take away from his dreams and what he had wanted and what he was wanting and who he was becoming. But I think what I found from all of these stories is that Garrett has always just been somebody that I think he's always trying to find who he is. I think he's always been trying to find his goals, trying to find his purpose, trying to find all of these things. And I think for him, becoming a Division One athlete really didn't start to solidify itself for him until he got a little bit older and was able to sort of work through a lot of a lot of things. And so why I wasn't overly surprised is hearing his story growing up rustling, which is because of his dad, um, and kind of hearing that story and how it just, he wasn't sure if it was something he loved, but then it became something he loved. I think it kind of goes back to that, that quote from the Velveteen Rabbit of it doesn't happen all at once. Nothing has ever happened all at once for Garrett. It has always taken some time. It's always taken just like his path at Nebraska, it has taken him time to find his footing, to find what he wants, what his goals are. And so um, that story, when you hear it from his mom, but then you hear him expand on it, you start to see kind of like why he is the way he is and why he maybe needed more time to figure out what his goals were, but the goals are and were and then are. But the thing is, is once he figures it out, he goes a hundred miles a minute. The second he knows that's what he wants, he is fighting tooth and nail for it. And quite literally, like, I mean that quite literally running a hundred miles a minute everywhere, doing everything he can, because that's pretty much what everyone knows him as is the guy who is like running here and there and there and there like all the time. But he has to get himself to that point to get himself ready. He has to know it's what he wants. So long winded answer of yes and no, it surprised me, but I think it's because I also got to hear all of these other little like, pieces to the story as I was going where I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So there's a, there's a theme kind of woven through the, one of the themes woven through the story is, you know, it, it ties with the Velveteen Rabbit. And one of the, the things that Shenander was trying to, to get across when he talked to the, to the defense, and that was finding and being your authentic self. Mm-hmm. And as I am reading stories told by, other people about Garrett and then Garrett sort of remembering those same moments. I get the sense that like there are things that he does or ways that he impacts people or ways that he kind of like these, these things that he does that are memorable or recognizable or stand out to people around him that he doesn't realize have the kind of impact or leave the kind of, um, I guess, memory that they do. And I'm just kind of reading through this, through this, and I'm thinking like, that's him just being his authentic self, because he's just he just thinks that that's Garrett, he just thinks that Mm -hmm. that's who he is. Is that as the writer? Is that 
intentional on your part? Is that like what you were hoping to convey? It was what I was hoping, but I also wasn't going to. So when I sat down and I was very intentional with how I brought up each story to him, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to like tell him the full story. I wanted to basically be like, okay, can you, do you remember, for instance, the, do you remember the first time you decided that you, your dream was to become a division one athlete? Because I wanted to see where he would take me at that point. And then when he was done telling me the story, I'd give him a little bit more insight into what the other person said. So he was going into things very, he didn't know what the other person had offered until I, one, either brought up like, hey, do you remember this? And then when I told them what they said, he's like, oh, so he had these moments of realization of, for instance, uh, Coach Brim, I spoke with him about just Garrett and they kind of have an interesting story because their story isn't done with one. Like not that any of these stories are done with each other, but I think in Brim's case, like their story is still evolving. Like they're still very much in a coach player um, role. And for Garrett to hear some of the things that Brim said to him, I think really took him aback. Like, I don't think he realized the way that this, this coach for him feels about him and, and respects him and think like, not that he didn't know that he doesn't respect him, but it's like, these were some things where I just don't think he realized the impact. Like you said, I don't think he recognized the impact that he has on people. And it can be really like small moments. Like I, I think like the story of Garrett Snodgrass that he told, it's a really small moment. It's, it was, it's one where like, you could honestly have said like, does it need to be included? And I would have told you yes, because I think it still highlights who he is, but it was just such a like, moment it was just a, a day a, a couple of hours in time and that is a moment though for Garrett Nelson or Garrett Snodgrass when he's telling a story about Garrett Nelson that's the story he wants to tell not like any of the other stuff he has about him because he's like this is who he is but for someone like Garrett Nelson he's going that's it that's the moment that's the one that like you know but I don't think he really recognizes the impact that he leaves people walk away from him feeling inspired they walk away from him feeling motivated they walk away from him feeling good he makes people around him feel good and want to be better but he also just is a really good friend a really good brother and make people just really like to spend time with him and it's not that i don't think he realizes that but like to hear it sometimes it's a good reminder of like one, tell the people around you how you feel about them. But every so often when people tell you, really listen, because I think it was a it was a really cool experience for me to kind of witness him absorbing all of this. But yeah, as a writer, as the person telling the story, I had to be really careful where I didn't want, if he wouldn't have led me that way, if he would have like told things very differently, then that's the way we would have gone. But this was this was Garrett reacting very sincerely to everything and it was what I had hoped but you can't force and I think that goes back to what you're saying with the authenticity because he was very authentically himself in the reaction to everything and I will have moments in my mind forever about Garrett like when we were talking at one point I remember we were sitting outside of Memorial Stadium and we were kind of just talking about his goals for this season and beyond and what he liked to see and he this, this makes its way in a little bit, but the reason it will always stick with me is he talked about how he's always caught in his own daydreams and he gets really caught in his own mind and what he can see and what he hopes to be. 
And I will never forget the visualization of watching him tell this because in that moment, as he's telling me that I can tell he's getting caught in his own head and he's thinking, and you can see it. Like he's looking at the stadium and he's just having this moment. I'm not trying to paint it as this like bigger thing. I'm just saying, he's literally telling you, I get caught in my own head sometime and I'm watching him do it right in that moment. And I'm like, that's going to stick with me for a long time about the type of person he is because he's never, his, his brain just doesn't shut off. He is always thinking, always dreaming. And what that means for the future, I don't know, but he's going to do some cool things in life because he's, he's pretty like, he, he dreams. Hey, John Cook would appreciate this. He dreams big. <laughs> he does. Um, there's a lot of his dad in this in a, in a lot of um answers that he gives i mean he's he's playing in mud holes and <laughs> thinking mm-hmm. about his dad when he's three years old so as you're as you're talking with him and, and you're hearing these stories and his dad continues to get brought up i guess what w- would you take away just from how, how you perceive or how maybe he perceives the relationship with his dad because his dad wrestled at nebraska his dad had been at nebraska so there is there um, sort of like pressure on the part of Garrett to live up to dad's standards that he set as a Nebraska athlete? Or is there um, a sense where, you know, he wants to, I guess, I don't know, like make his dad proud? Is there a sense that he wants to be himself? Like, what, what did you think of the relationship dynamic between him and his dad? Garrett loves his dad so much. Like that is abundantly clear. He loves his dad. He has so much respect for him. He wants to be his dad. Like he wants to be his own person, but I think, you know, if he could be, you know, anything like his dad, he'd, he'd be very happy at the end of the day. Um, I think Garrett doesn't necessarily feel a lot of pressure to have to live up to his dad. And I think that's because his dad, um, I mean, he even says it himself. He was a really good dad in the sense that he never put a ton of pressure on him to be anything other than what he wanted. Um, His Garrett's brothers didn't wrestle. They played basketball. And so when Garrett decided he was going to wrestle, he, he, you know, wanted to do it for his dad. And his dad was very much like, you don't have to do that for me. Like you do what you want. And so I think that relationship and that constant feeling of support from his dad to Garrett has allowed him to really just pursue. So when he discovered that football was what he really wanted to do, there was no issue there. It was go chase your dreams. Um, That's, that is your path. Um, I think when I look at what Garrett, I think he just really like, I think he just has such a deep appreciation for both of his parents. And I think he wants to make them proud, but it's one of those things where I don't think he's doing anything because he hasn't already made them proud. They're both so immensely proud of him. Um, But I think he just has such a strong relationship with them where he's just constantly, um, I would almost say inspired by them to a degree. Now, with that said, his dad is definitely somebody who is always uh, keeping busy. And I think uh, Garrett, Garrett has learned like it's good to rest here and there and tries to uh, maybe not completely do, you know, fill all of his time with busy work. Um, but I, you know, he just has the way he talks about his parents. Um, you just wish everyone could have that kind of relationship with their parents because you can just feel a really like, you can just tell his parents supported him and his brothers and anything that they wanted to do. And there's, the goals that they have are not out of pressure. 
the goals that they have are because it's just what they want. And so I think for Garrett, he's just trying to now follow in those footsteps to be that not only for the people around him now, but someday when he becomes a father himself, I think he's absorbing all of that. And that's what he wants to take away from his dad and his mom. But he definitely has a ton of love and respect for his dad. What are his personal goals for this season? You touched on it a little bit. Does he have number goals? Does he have accolade goals? Or is it like, I want to be a leader for the defense. I want us to win football games. Like what, what did he tell you? He wants to win. Um, he really wants to win. Uh, he has big goals for himself. He doesn't think he's tapped on any of his potential at Nebraska. In fact, he's like more embarrassed that it's taken him as long to get where he is. And he feels like he has so much he can do. And he is kind of of the belief, like put him wherever you need him and he'll do it. Um, but he just, he wants to win so badly. Um, he's, uh, you can just hear it for him where it's just like, he, if he could, if he could do it himself, he would. Um, but obviously it's a team effort, so he can't do everything himself. So I think he wants to just, you know, when you say like, does he want to lead? I, I kind of had said to him, I think I always like, okay, I did this with Ben Stilley last year too. And I did this with, I, I always am pretty good at nailing who I think the captains are going to be and who I think are going to be invited to big 10 media days. Like I'm usually good at like locking that list down. Like I've got a pretty good idea in my mind. And I, I think I've gotten it almost every single year with the exception of like one or two here or there. And so like I had told Ben Stilley last year, I'm still surprised he didn't become a captain, by the way. But I had told him, I'm like, you're going to Big Ten Media Days. Like pack your, like go get a suit tomorrow. You're going. He's like, no, I'm not. Who went to Big Ten Media Days? Ben Stilley. So I told Garrett, I'm like, you're you're on my short list. Like you're going to Big Ten Media Days and you're probably going to be a captain. And he's like, what? Why do you think I, like, I, he is a leader. And I think what makes him special as a leader is he doesn't see himself as like having to be that. Like, I think he's the kind of person where if for some reason he didn't get voted captain, like Ben Stilley did, he would still show up every day and keep leading that team. He, he doesn't need the title to be the leader. So for him, I don't think he has any goals to necessarily have to be a captain. I think for him, it's just, I want to keep leading this group, get them set up for success be the best possible player I can be. And that will all inevitably leading to him getting all of these accolades as well. Um, but he is not setting those goals necessarily for himself. He's just like, I have to work hard and I have to bring people along with me. So I, I think that's kind of a really interesting thing for him is that I think it's kind of a selfless approach, especially to leadership. It's the, uh, oh, excuse me. It's the Ben Stilly in him. It is. Well, look, not to tie too many comparisons between the two of them, but like when Garrett won his uh, state title in wrestling, you can go watch the videos. He's he's literally talking about Ben Stilly in these interviews. Like when he's in high school winning state, he's talking about how Ben has been an idol to him and how he like looks up to Ben as like the kind of guy that he wants to be. And I actually do see similar leadership styles in them. It's really interesting because they're both very different personalities. Ben is much quieter, but like still very a fiery personality when you get him on the field. Garrett is a very fiery personality always, but they just still have very similar leadership styles. Like anyway, it just is funny when you see the like the like lines like of like 
oh, that's interesting is that here's Garrett in high school talking about Ben Stilley and how he's somebody that he would like to be like. And I'm like, you very well might be following in his path. <laughs> Ben's ears are going to be burning because when you when you were talking about how Garrett just always he's always thinking and those gears are always turning. It reminded mm -hmm. me of Ben because I felt like Ben was the same. Even if he wasn't always talking, the gears were always turning. Um, yes. I wanted to ask you one more thing before we get to the briefcase. You have spoken with Garrett as a freshman, as a first-year player at Nebraska. You have had a, a more intimate interview with him, conversation with him now as he approaches his senior season than what would typically be afforded in a, in a you know, like a press conference setting or a, a hallway availability setting. Like you've gotten to sit and talk with him. How is he different now heading into year four than what he was his first year? He's so much more mature. And I don't mean that like he was, he was always kind of, uh, I mean, there's a reason that when he walked in, people were so fired up about him because I think he, um, has always been very much who he is. I think when I say he has matured, he has, I think, come into his own. I think he's more comfortable in his own skin. I think he's more comfortable in who he is as both a player and a person. I think he's no longer trying to be what people like. Yes, he's trying to be the player that like he knows he can be. But I think that there was an element for a long time where he was trying to be something that maybe he wasn't I think he's definitely come into his own where he's very comfortable or at least more comfortable in who he is as Garrett Nelson and I will say like having because I remember when he arrived at Nebraska and that class um, I got to know a little bit because I was actually in a different situation. I was away from Hill varsity for one year. And so I was doing a lot more recruiting coverage and that was the class that I covered more. So like, I remember I got to know him and his family pretty well. And what I will say about Garrett is Garrett has always been an incredibly warm and welcoming individual from day one. Like he's always been very like, Aaron, how are you? It's so good. Like, he's just like, makes you like, he, he remembers things about you and that's never changed. Like he remembers, I, I remember like his family asked multiple times, like how I was doing with our wedding getting postponed. And it's like, why do you care like about me? Um, but that's just who they are. They're very genuine people. They care about those that are around them. Um, and I think I just am seeing Garrett really come into his own and take those elements, but now really just be like a more mature version of that. So it's it's cool to see them grow up um it makes me also feel really old where I sometimes like realize like I mean it's not to keep bringing up Ben but I'm like you know Ben was at Nebraska for six years like that was like more than half of my career at Nebraska covering Nebraska I was like that's wild same thing with Garrett I'm like it's just so wild to think that like he could technically come back for another year after this one but like regardless if he does or not, where I'm like, how has this time gone by so fast? Like, but because of that, I think he's somebody where it's like, if you met him four years ago and you met him today, you would definitely say same person, but he's definitely a more comfortable, mature version of who he is today. And that's just growth. I think that's the biggest thing for him is that's just growth. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Okay, moment I've been waiting for. What the hell is up with this briefcase? Where did this come from? Why Why was it? Was it made for the interview? Was it made for the photo shoot? Did he have it? What? What's going it's, on with this? So, okay. I will put a little bit of the creative process on blast with what happened. But when we were trying to figure out what this story was, like how to visualize this story, like I said, the working title for a while was Tall Tales of Garrett Nelson. And so we were kind of kicking around these ideas of like making him appear larger than life and all of these different things. And this is, this was something where he was like, you know, it's not that I don't like it. It's just, I don't want to appear larger than Nebraska because I am not individually bigger than the team. I was like, that's a great piece of feedback. Like, I love that. So that put us back on the drawing board. All right, what are we, what are we going to do? What are we going to come up with? And so we're kind of trying to think of it. And I was like, you know, Nebraska had just had their like, um, student athlete awards and he had he had been there in a suit and I was like he kind of comes across a little James Bondish and it's like in a suit and it, it was really kind of interesting because I, I pitched that idea out and you know at first you're kind of like but like a suit for Garrett Nelson is that like the what whatever and when I, I said it everyone kind of thought about it for a little bit and then we kind of were like you know it's like all business for him and so then Quentin and Brandon were like, what if we got a, a briefcase, which Brandon ordered the briefcase off of Amazon, uh, Quentin put the whole design on it, everything. And uh, it was all so quick. I just want to point out the whole thing was so quick that when we brought it, it was still wet. Um, so that's why you can see the fingerprint from Garrett holding it um, at one point is like on it. But he is like, he was obsessed with it. He's like, I want to carry that to school. <laughs> It's like, I want to take it to class. Um, but it could not have worked out better because when I pitched that idea to him, he was like, I love it. Like, that sounds great. And he, we, we go through the shoot, we give him everything. He's like, yeah, I kind of feel like James Bond. The amount of people who have made that comment to me that are like, Garrett Nelson looks like James Bond. I'm like, love it. That is what, that was what we were like. We wanted him to kind of just come across very like, you know, official and, um, you know, just a different, like, I think what we wanted to do is show you him in a way that you haven't seen him before, because you're used to like him holding the football and screaming and being like fired up. But, like, this was a moment of like, it's all business for Garrett Nelson. And this is how we're going to show it. And we just kind of happened to think like, what a, briefcase be kind of fun element to add to it. And he loved it. And he was like the most willing, like happy participant through everything. Like it was amazing. Um, 
So yeah, it was kind of one of those things where we went a hundred different directions before we landed on this one, but it was the right one. It was the one that like was meant to be for him. And like I said, the uh, briefcase itself will live at the Hill Varsity Club for a while for people to see it. It will be there. Like you won't be able to like grab it or anything, but you'll be able to see it. And then, you know, maybe at some point, maybe at some point in the future, it will, you, you and uh, Garrett can arm wrestle for it. No, it, it, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't steal it from the photo shoot. I'm surprised he didn't try to just take it from the photo shoot. If he you would like, it. if you would like the best example of Garrett Nelson on the planet, I was prepared for him to walk out of there, walk out of it with, walk out of the photo shoot with that briefcase that day. And I said to him, you know, it'd be kind of fun to have it at the Hill Varsity Club for just a little while so people could see it in conjunction with your book. And he, holding it, hands it to me and he goes, you know what? It needs to go to the Varsity Club. I can get it another time. <laughs> so he he was the one who said, take it, go put it there, let people like see it and kind of like see the work that went into it from what Quentin did, like the spray painting and everything. Um so yeah, he was a he was the one who said go. If he had said nope, I'm taking it with me today, I would have said, all right, I'm not arm wrestling him for it. So um, I think at some point it will go live with Garrett Nelson forever. <laughs> I will get into an Oklahoma drill with Garrett Nelson for the right to hold this briefcase. I, it's one thing <laughs> I always wanted to do when I was covering a football team is I wanted to go through like an off season or like a winter workout program and in, in one of their weight rooms and just see like how long I'd be able to last before I actually keeled over and died. Um, so I, I think, uh, I, I think an Oklahoma drill with, uh, with Garrett Nelson, it, it would be, would, would kind of be the same thing. Like I, I might make it, you know, five seconds before I get killed, but we can, we can tick something off the, uh, the checklist for uh, <laughs> things that I want to do in this career before I leave it. Um, you know, yeah, it needs for to go me, to and, it, well, I was going to say for me, my one, like my one thing that I thought would be funny is what if I like showed up to like the game in Ireland and I was just like, I'm here, <laughs> I'm here for the game. I could, I could definitely see him walking around uh, campus holding Same. it. And I think it's interesting too. It's a, it's a good, I, I know y- you guys made the brief. It wasn't something that he made. And so it wasn't something where like he chose to put a black shirt logo on the briefcase, but I think it is very representative of him that even when he's not like decked out in Nebraska gear or wearing his Nebraska uniform and he's got a suit on very business-like suit on, he still has something with him that is Nebraska related. I think that's, that's, we that's a good way to sort of represent him. So this story is awesome. Everything is great. Else really quick too. Like you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with him always kind of having a piece of Nebraska with him. Cause we did a couple, we did some photos outside of the suit as well. And I just said, bring something that you want to wear, just like whatever you feel the most you in. And he brought a Nebraska football t-shirt. Probably because, and this is just speculation on my part, but I feel like Garrett is the guy that that has like three t-shirts in his closet and he doesn't feel the need to buy anything else. And so all of his clothing is clothing that has been like, is like Nebraska team issued gear because he's like, why do I need anything else? Why, why do I need anything else? That, that, he that and I would like be very kind of different in that sense. Gear. I'm literally recording in my closet. So it's like, it would be, we would be very different individuals. <laughs> 
Well, Aaron, I'll let you go. You got some work that you got to do. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. The story's awesome. It's really Thank good. You. Well done. I appreciate it. It's also it. really, I... really well sourced. Thank you. That was one of the, here's the thing, sending out all of those messages, I could have probably had 20 stories. I had to cut it at one point. So that's always a good sign when you're like, I have almost too much. I think I ended up having like four or five hours of audio and like, <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> Some, something that we'll save for another day is your favorite anecdote that got left on the cutting room floor. Those kind of like post big feature reporting, mm -hmm. those kind of stories, those are always fun. So but we'll let you get out of here. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We will be back next week with another show. In the meantime, keep reading hailvarsity.com. Listen to Aaron's podcast, the Mind Your Own Podcast with Sasha Durkin. And we will be back next week. Shouts to you guys for listening. Shouts to Aaron for coming on. Shouts to Cam for producing this episode every week. Talk to you guys next week. A Huda Media Production.